It's about three and a half times the size of a regular puck. Um, it's made of hollow steel. Inside the puck, there's eight ball bearings. The ball bearings, as the puck gets stick handled, move around the hollow steel and act as a sound for the players to track. Luca DeMontis is a hockey coach, and he's describing a specialty puck used for players who are visually impaired. So the low vision players are able to notice the puck because it's bigger than a traditional puck. And then the players with even more uh, vision loss can hear the puck and track it around the ice. Oh wow, they're so much bigger than the regular pucks, wow. Yeah, they're bigger. Decibel producer Cheryl Sutherland tagged along with Globe sports reporter Rachel Brady to take in the sights and especially the sounds of blind hockey. Today, we wanted to bring you a bit of a different episode, something uplifting for the last official weekend of winter. So the decibel is hitting the ice. Rachel and Cheryl take us to a hockey arena in Toronto's North End to bring us another side of Canada's winter game. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. All right, I'm going to go on the ice. Let me see if I can record and... Woohoo! <laughs> both at the same time. Rachel and I are at the Scotiabank Pond at Toronto's Downsview Park. It's a huge facility with four NHL-sized rinks. On the Sunday afternoon that we're there, it's packed with teams of different ages and skill levels, all either on the ice or waiting for their ice time. Before we get on the ice, I asked Rachel about why she was drawn to telling the story of blind hockey. Yeah, I was, uh, my eyes were open, which is an, an ironic thing to say, I suppose, but my eyes were really opened to a different hockey experience. What is hockey when you actually can't see hockey? We take our vision for granted, I guess, when we've played sports or watched sports and been spectators. Um, and in reality, there are people that are finding ways to play hockey um, with an adapted puck to still get the social and the friendships and the exercise and all the great things about team sports um, without full 100% vision. And so um, I found that it's a, a beautiful sense of community. Okay, Rachel, where, where are we right now? We're on the ice with the GTA Youth Blind Hockey Program, uh, where kids are honing their skills at blind hockey, kids who are visually impaired or blind. In recreational blind hockey, all athletes must be visually impaired. If the kids get to the competitive level, players must be classified as legally blind, which is defined as having about 10% of vision or less. Goalies are completely blind, and sometimes they even wear a blindfold. In blind hockey, um, it's it's kind of a standard that you'll always see either bright yellow jerseys, uniforms, or black, um, because it, it stands out. So those are two colors that stand out so well from the ice. So typically, you know, oftentimes traditionally in hockey, you would have uh, one team in white and the other t in white jerseys, and the other team in a darker colored jerseys. And that's not the case in in uh, blind hockey. They go with yellow, bright yellow, and black. Now these kids are having a, a practice day, so some of them are wearing their yellow and some are wearing their black today. Um, 
and they are on a team, many of them called the G the Toronto Junior Ice Owls. Um, the Ice Owls are a traditional, uh, a long-standing adult um, blind hockey program here in Toronto, and this is the junior, the junior version of that. Mike, this is Aiden. Hi, Aiden. I'm Rachel, and this is Cheryl. So I'm a reporter for the Globe and Mail, and Cheryl's our podcast producer. Yeah. So how long have you guys been uh, partaking in blind hockey? Uh, four or five years, I think. Since the beginning. So I think it's like five or six years. Yeah. And so what's the experience like for you out here? Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very much different from when I played minor hockey, because when I was playing minor hockey, you were doing drills as if you were sighted. Now, the drills are more, we understand that you cannot see, so we're adapting. And I like that. That's What's your goal. field of vision like out here, Aiden? Uh, it's decent, like I can see to the net over there, but if you would ask me to tell you the number on someone's jersey, I couldn't do that. And so if I take off my glasses, something has to be an inch away from my face for me to be able to see it clearly. So it's, yeah, it's very annoying. So that's why I use my glasses so much. And even then, some things are still blurry with my glasses on. So was this the first time joining blind hockey that you had played with any other kids that had a vision impairment at all? Yeah, absolutely. But we never were, had another teammate. Yeah, no, we didn't really, uh, like we knew of the school in Brantford, but didn't know that there's like activities and adapted sports that we can take part in, right? And this program has kind of, opened us up to a bunch of stuff right mm -hmm. and they do uh like during the summer we were at a camp where he got to play like goalball uh blind soccer uh blind tennis like all kinds of different adapted sports wow. and we didn't know like because it's not advertised or anything anywhere really mm -hmm. right it's hard to find out unless you know someone in that community already mm -hmm. um it's really hard to find it um, and what is, is it? Do you find yourself relying more on your ears now that you have the puck? That what's the experience of of working with that really noisy puck? Uh, well, I definitely put, personally I rely on my ears a lot more, but it's a little hard when you're trying to rely on your ears and then you hear this puck being so loud, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing if you're trying to hear someone tapping their stick and then the puck is rattling open and you hear the, if you hear the whistle for the past, so it's a lot of noise at once. It, you get used to it, honestly. For myself, like trying to volunteer and coach is again learning how to adapt, like coaching skills. Like you can't stand there and be like, "Oh yeah, you see him up at the blue line skating. That's what I want you to do, right?" It's just not that simple out here, right? Um, but it's good. Like he had mentioned too, the tapping of the stick. Yeah. It's amazing how these kids can like follow you anywhere on the ice just with that tap, right? Mm -hmm. They they adapt well, better than us. <laughs> We'll be right back. So we're gonna 
start from this corner. And before we start the drill, we're going to go skate through it as a group because we got these new pylons. That's Luca DeMontis again. He was the one who demoed that very noisy puck earlier. Now he's onto the pylons. So we're going to use them here now at this program. They're a little bit bigger. I think they come almost to my waist, to be honest. So. <laughs> um, Luca is really involved in the sport, and he has a personal connection to it. His brother Mark was a star player in the Greater Toronto Hockey League, and just a year shy of a potential NCAA hockey scholarship. Then at 17, Mark lost his vision. In 2009, Mark founded a program that eventually became Canadian Blind Hockey. He now plays on the national team, and Luca is the manager of the national team and its youth programs. The sport now has some 250 players and 14 programs across the country. More than a thousand kids have tried it. Today, about half a dozen kids are practicing on the ice, ranging from the age of six to 22. Today we have a pretty, pretty good group, so we'll probably do like some full ice drill. Got some big pylons, we got some stick handling objects. Make them start in one corner, go through the pylons, come all the way down here, and get a shot on the net that's gonna have some targets. And when you hit them, it makes a noise. So that's how they know they hit the target. So what are some of the basics of teaching a player and coaching a player about their whereabouts on the ice and where to find the puck and that sort of thing? So because every player has a different visual impairment and no two players have the same amount of vision, it kind of makes it a little tricky, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but we really just preach communication is the biggest thing. Uh, communicating where you are, where your teammates are, um, where the boards are, everything, where the bench is, every little thing like that. We try to make it easier for them. when you're teaching them about skating and coming forward and directionally. So I try not to yell loud because it gets muffled. So we'll bring the group together closer, easier to talk to them. Um, right now it's free time, so it sounds hectic in here for a person to be visually impaired. But when we are doing drills, it's typically just a person that has a puck that is moving the puck. Yeah. Right? So uh, we're going to skate through the maze together. There's four pylons. At the end of the four pylons, there's the two stick gates that we have. I know it's kind of difficult to see how far it is right now, so let's just go for a little skate in and out of the pylons and we'll be able to kind of get our feel for the sport. So the kids are skating through a series of oversized pylons. Um, so for those that are visually impaired, it's bigger. If you've ever practiced, uh, participated in a hockey practice, you know that there's lots of pylons involved and you're asked to weep through. These ones are spaced out much, um, much further than they would be in traditional hockey, and they're much higher. So they're they're much easier to see than a traditional small hockey pylon would be. And then they're coming to two different targets that are marked by coaches who are tapping their sticks, guiding the kids to these targets where they need to pass the puck underneath the target. And then the big loud clang that we're hearing at the very end is that the kids are firing those pucks into the net. And I see there's a kind of a crowd gathering behind the net there too. <laughs> yeah, there's a few kids that are, I guess are going to play some traditional hockey uh, in a session after this that are watching on with curiosity and wondering why that puck is making so much noise. So I think there's uh, some kids who are certainly uh, getting a bit of a learning experience watching uh, some of their peers play blind hockey out here. Okay, you ready? Yeah. On your mark. Get set. Go. Oh. Oh. 
seconds to go around the world. Can you imagine if you would just stay in one continent? You'd be, you'd do it in 13 seconds. Exactly. What's his vision? Um, no, no idea. Yeah. I try to, like, I, I, I talk to the kids about that to a certain extent because I don't want to kind of bring it up too much um, with them. So I'll talk about a certain extent, like, like what can you see? How far away should I pass the puck to you? Try to make it realistic for the sport. Um, I just kind of respect their, I guess, privacy, but more like I don't want to get them kind of down, right? I don't want them to think like, oh, coach knows. Like, yeah, I know, but that's why we're able to have this program for you, right? So um, certain players, especially when they get a lot older, I'm able to have those conversations with them um, and learn more about their visual impairment, right? But I find it's like a, a thin line. You got to watch where you cross, kind of. Ice time is over. And we have the Tamboni coming on, like eager to, uh, to clean the ice. We all head to the change rooms. But before we leave the rink, Rachel and I talked to some brothers who were working together on the ice. Yeah, so my name is Aiden Wood. I'm 22. Uh, and this is my brother, Dylan. Yeah, I'm Dylan Wood, and I'm 18. And I think, Dylan, how long, how long have you been doing it now? I think, I think this is my fourth year now, maybe fifth Yeah. Uh, for me, hockey's always been a, a very important part of my life. Uh, it's really nice to be able to uh, help them play the sport that I've always played my whole life. So, um, yeah, it's just really great. I noticed the two of you guys spend a lot of time. You have a really good sense of, of leading um, around the ice. What's your experience with that drill, going through that drill? So D loves the drills. Yeah, I really do like the drills. They are they are fun. Dylan's not uh, completely blind, so I don't actually have to be there for D. Uh, it's just kind of fun to be able to kind of pick on him a little bit and get him like you know like you would a normal hockey. Kind of just wanna you want it to be the full experience. Um, so yeah. what does it feel like to do that drill you were doing going through the pylons with your brother? I, I'm just I'm just I'm just really glad that you can come and 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 help and helps other kids too because. Um, yeah, they they're because because it for some kids they do as I said they do need more more help so it, it's 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 just great but it, but it's also just nice having having my my, my brother it, it, just a sense of connection and, and just doing it doing it together and it, it it's really really fun. Um, what's the story behind the the Toronto Ice Owls jersey that you're wearing? Does it feel like to wear this Toronto Ice Owls jersey for you? Yeah, this. It feels, it feels good. Um, That's really good quality. It's pretty. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel proud to wear it? I do. Cool. Why do you feel proud? What, what makes you proud about it? Just that I'm a part of blind hockey is, and that I, I, that I am a part of it. Um, and that I, I can show other people about blind hockey and like, if I wear this and they say that, oh, what's blind hockey? And I, tell them what, what it is. Uh, yeah, just really nice. Cool. Great answer, dude. That's it for today. I'm Cheryl Sutherland. A special thanks to Rachel Brady for letting me skate along with her and to everyone who spoke to us. Luca DeMontis, Aiden and Dylan, other Aiden and Mike. Uh, my name's Aiden Quilty and I'm 13. Mike Quilty, 39. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden's dad. Our producers are Madeline White and Rachel Levy McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer. 
Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.